from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures, Ice Miller, and Indiana University. Indiana's regional revival, from widespread renewal in the Wabash Valley to restoring the White River, all part of a return on a half-billion-dollar investment in Indiana. See why the governor wants more. Also, Dan Dockich, the man who pulls no punches. The man was naked, no clothes on, with a towel, shimmying between his legs. Who he's talking about, his playing days at IU, and why Dan Dockich has a new media job. And pickle pizza, anyone? Or how about slushies and mocktails? A look at food and drink trends in this month's Trendiana. There's already a queue of requests seeking another $400 million to leverage nearly $7 billion more of private and other non-state funding. So I'm asking you, the legislature, for another $500 million to launch Ready 2.0 to lock in more transformational projects. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb at this week's State of the State Address teeing up why he thinks the state should invest big bucks to boost Indiana's economy region by region with Ready 2.0. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick coming to you this week from Terre Haute, the heart of the Wabash Valley. We're on US 40, which is Wabash Avenue uh, in Terre Haute. Behind me, the Terre Haute Convention Center. It just opened last spring, and a big part of the Convention Center's future dependent upon potential ready funding. Much more development along Wabash Avenue. The historic Holman and Company building is part of that picture as well. The Wabash Valley region got $20 million out of the deal. Ready 1.0, if you will, money going to economic development and quality of life projects like expanding the outdoor space at the Terre Haute Children's Museum, creating a new West Central Indiana business hub at the old Holman building, and big upgrades to enhance the music experience at the mill in Terre Haute. There are other projects impacted or on the drawing board in this region. We'll take you just down the road to Sullivan in a moment to show you how ready money is being spent there. Joining me now from the Children's Museum in Terre Haute, pleased to be joined by Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett and Mayor Bennett, as always, thanks for joining us. Um, the first round of ready, all federal funds, essentially COVID dollars. This next round that Governor Holcomb talks about, $500 million would come from state coffers. How, in your view, we'll talk about some of these projects, how critical is that ready funding for places like Terra? It's critical. You know, when back to the regional cities initiative originally, the concept made perfect sense that you help build up these communities to do some things you wouldn't be able to do with local dollars. And so we needed that state infusion of funds. Ready One kind of opened the eyes of a lot of folks then about, well, what are these projects? What are going to bring people to our community or keep people in our community? And so I think that was the main focus, those quality of life initiatives, those kinds of things. Now with Ready2 coming, obviously they feel like the first one was successful. How do we continue to build upon that? So I'm 
happy and supportive of them continuing the program. A number of projects, and these really are aimed at talent, right? Keeping talent, keeping people home, and attracting new talent exactly. in the region. The Children's Museum here is a great example. Mm -hmm. 60,000 plus visitors before the pandemic. Uh, you're looking at creating an outdoor space with ready money potentially. You know, downtown's been a focus for a while, but it's about those quality of life initiatives. And so we've got a lot of museums downtown, and there's things to do. This Children's Museum is a very unique thing um, that the community stepped up and was able to fundraise to make this a reality, and now it's become a major downtown destination. Uh, people come from all over the region and elsewhere just to visit the Children's Museum. So an expansion of that is only logical that you keep doing the good things and then find the other little niches. So this would be an outdoor space to complement the indoor space. You've got another big project set to really begin to open up, and that's the business hub yes. uh, in the old home and, uh, and company building, historic building here in downtown Tarot. So it's bringing the Tarot Economic Development Corporation, the Chamber of Commerce, the Tarot Redevelopment Commission, Workforce Development, yeah. everybody under one roof so they can share information, work together, just really attack it from one perspective instead of everybody working out of silos. Another major project that opened last spring, the Terre Haute Convention Center, uh, but there's more to come with that. A parking garage that would be ready funded potentially, but that parking garage critical for two additional hotels. So that's really a kind of a linchpin for what you want to do in downtown Terre Haute. Exactly. We knew when we built the convention center we needed about 400 rooms downtown. We've got 200 now. These next two hotels will deliver those extra rooms and then a parking garage to support that based on what their agreements are with the franchises. That will kind of finish out what we need to fully utilize the convention center. Put a bottom line on it, uh, Mayor, and there are other, as I travel around the state, I hear uh, from mayors and others about these ready monies, how important they are. But without that money... Um, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do it. Um, you know, the tax caps really put, put us all in a bad spot. There's no new revenues coming in per se. And so to get this influx of dollars that are targeted just to those things to make your community a better place, that's what we've always needed. And now having a second round makes you feel good about what we've done so far, but what every other community's done to make Indiana stand out and be a better place, enticing those to come here. Yeah. Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett, thank you for joining us. We'll be following this story here in Terre Haute and elsewhere. We appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. All right. Well, certainly ready money uh, in the Wabash Valley region, funding projects here in a metro area like Terre Haute, but also smaller communities as well. A great example is about 30 minutes or so south of here in the community of Sullivan. Grants totaling more than $4 million targeted for a central plaza, a hotel next to the city's new civic center, a new city pool, and housing, a big issue around the state of Indiana, a housing project in Sullivan to include 40 new townhomes, duplexes, and single-family homes. Sullivan Mayor Clint Lamb says the ready money is a game-changer. Already we have seen here in West Central Indiana transformation, and that's not just a zinger, that's not just a soundbite, but you're talking about communities for many, many years that have been told that they've been forgotten or they've been told that they've been left behind. One of the biggest challenges isn't budgeting, it's not state funding formulas or, or fighting with the legislature or whatever the case may be. It is the apathetic nature of a lot of these rural communities. And to see this type of investment, it, it's unheard of, right? It truly is transformational. Mayor Lamb says there's no question that Sullivan was ready 
for ready. He's optimistic uh, more ready funding will continue momentum in that Sullivan County community. Well, rolling down the White River, how ready money is charting a new course for economic development in central Indiana. We'll have more on what's in the works when we come back. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Welcome back to Inside Indiana Business, coming to you this week from Terre Haute, the heart of the Wabash Valley, west central Indiana, out along the banks of the Wabash River. And you know, for years, cities, communities around the state of Indiana ignored the rivers, but now communities all over the state embracing the water. Efforts are underway here in Terre Haute to connect downtown to the river through art installations. Meantime, a great example is in northeast Indiana, tens of millions of dollars transforming the riverfront there into a destination and gathering spot, alive with restaurants, retail and residential development. And there are long talked about plans for the White River in central Indiana. Our Mary Rachel Redmond is in Indianapolis and picks up the story from there. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, this fresh rain is going straight into the White River you see behind me. Historically, an ignored natural resource that could be a major economic driver from Anderson all the way to downtown Indy, thanks to $20 million in ready grant money. The ready grant is a first step in really revitalizing the White River. A couple things that had to happen first, and I, I give Citizen Energy in the city of Indianapolis a lot of credit for cleaning up the White River. I mean, the White River isn't what it once was. It's far better than what uh, we saw maybe 10 or 20 or 30 years ago in terms of water quality. So with that fundamental you know, improvement, now we can build upon that. And I think what you're seeing now is, whether it's at Conner Prairie, whether it's at 96 in Allisonville, whether it's in Noblesville, Anderson, even down to um, Marion County, you have these opportunities for kind of revitalization and utilization of the water. We sometimes lament we don't have a ski resort uh, nearby. We don't have uh, beaches to, to retreat on. Uh, we don't have a great lake uh, to embrace. But we have this beautiful natural amenity flowing through the heart of central Indiana's economic and population engine. Uh, this is the thing that we can turn into a, a draw, a draw for visitors, a draw for talent and people to move to our region, um, and also for the people that are here, a cornerstone for their quality of life. I think it could be a catalyst for redevelopment and placemaking that attracts the next generation of talented people to want to live here. I mean, livability is really, really important. Injecting uh, dynamism or dynamic opportunities into neighborhoods that frankly have been on the, on the downslope of development uh, is an incredible opportunity and it's not one that we should waste. We should do it methodically. It's a big vision. The grand vision is that we have a national park-like amenity, a network of wild places, active places, large parks, small parks, cultural amenities like we have today, like at Newfields and Conner Prairie and the zoo, um, places to eat and dine. 96 in Allisonville, we'll, we'll be creating a park there that will definitely create an opportunity for that passive experience. Um, Marion County has some opportunities to improve 
the White River in certain areas. And then there's a larger, broader vision, but people shouldn't be scared by big visions. Those things happen over 40, 50 years, and you never know where the next opportunity might come. So I think we're gonna develop some proofs of concept along the river. Uh, Connor Prairie is doing some exciting things as well. So you start linking those up and momentum gets more momentum. And I think, you know, we look back 10 years from now and hopefully the White River, what once was probably viewed as a liability, will be used as, viewed as a, an amazing amenity. A key to getting the White River back on course to become a potential destination to drive dollars, cleaning it up. More than half of the 28-mile dig Indy tunnel system is now operating. The $2 billion project, which started almost 11 years ago, is designed to stop sewage from dumping into the White River and other central Indiana waterways. The project's on track to finish in 2025, 13 years after construction started. Now let's send it back to Gary in downtown Terre Haute. All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Well, another can't miss here in the heart of downtown Terre Haute, the Indiana State University campus, is this statue of the legend, Larry Bird. He put Indiana State on the map in the late 70s. I know I was here in school. He led the Sycamores to the NCAA title game against Magic Johnston and Michigan State. The Bird statue was unveiled about 10 years ago. Next in the game plan, the Larry Bird Museum here in Terre Haute. That's scheduled to open later this year. Well, we hear from another familiar Hoosier hoopster in our next segment, Dan Dockage. He's got an IU basketball Dockage doozy, a priceless story about Bob Knight with no clothes on, a towel, and Damon Bailey's reaction to it all. We're back in studio after the break. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. In southwest Indiana, a $10 million business park in Floyd County is about to come to life. The Nova Park Innovation and Technology Campus sits on about 60 acres near I-64 in Edwardsville and is on target for a spring opening. Plans for a Kokomo Hotel and Conference Center delayed for years received key approvals from the city's Board of Zoning Appeals this week. The approvals raise hopes for a groundbreaking for a 123-room Hilton Garden Inn and Convention Center, which would house the Kokomo Automotive Museum. The Indiana Economic Development Corporation is beefing up its presence on the West Coast. The IEDC has hired Jillian Oaks as West Coast Business Expansion Specialist. Oaks is a native of the Bay Area and founder of strategic consulting practice Smith Global. It's time now for Ion Education, brought to you by PNC Bank. Well, fueling Indiana's workforce pipeline is becoming more of a team sport. So says Purdue Global Chancellor Frank Dooley, who tells me an emerging partnership with Ivy Tech Community College is producing results. Ivy Tech might be able to get that person the associate's degree, but oftentimes when you talk to the employers in the field, yeah, but some of these folks should go on even further. That's where we step in and then we help the, the person who started Ivy Tech complete to get to the bachelor's degree. And Ivy Tech has just been phenomenal as a partner in that space, along with others. 
Dooley says enrollment at Purdue Global on average has increased by 25 percent over the last four years. Overall enrollment at the online university topping 35,000. Well, Dan Dockage has always called it the way he sees it and isn't worried about uh, ruffling a few uh, feathers along the way. The former IU basketball captain, coach, and current media personality has earned a spot in the Business and Beyond podcast record books. Dockage is our 100th guest and the first ever to share so many stories, interesting stories. We created two parts. In this snippet from part one, Dockage talks about Mike Woodson's fit at IU, what makes the program's culture special, and Bob Knight's locker room rant wearing no clothes. Mike Woodson has has coached against the Pacers in the Eastern Conference. He's not going to worry about going to West Lafayette. I think his personality, uh, he has a very coolness about him, a very uh, fatherly coolness, modern hip coolness. Uh, I think he's the perfect guy. I do. And I hope he stays there a long, long time. I, I think that... Kids want to play for him. Kids want to stay there. We got to meet him outside the launching pad, and then it's got to be an aggressive trap. It's like I tell people about Indiana. It's part of who I am. Like, I don't have to manufacture it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to read about it. I don't have to say, okay, now, who's that guy at practice? And it's the same thing with Woody. You know, Woody was doing his thing in the NBA, but, you know, he was in Bloomington a lot. He, he doesn't have to be told, hey, who's Ted Kitchell? Or, okay, that's Christian Watford. Now, what did he do? He hit the watch. Okay, you don't have to do any of that. Play a mate. Play a mate. And I've always said it's a unique. I'm not saying that our culture with Bob Knight would fly now. It certainly wouldn't. I mean, honest to God, it was, you know, looking back, you're like, wow, that was nuts. Well, that was crazy. Holy cow. He, listen to this. The man was naked, no clothes on, with a towel, shimmying between his legs <laughs> with Damon Bailey, Pat Graham, and Alan Henderson in the locker room, coach's locker room, and he cut him after we lost the game. You're off the team, you're off the team, and you're off. And the man was naked, Gary, <laughs> and he was had a towel. And Bailey starts laughing, like, you know, yeah. And I walk out, I go, Damon, you can't laugh. He goes, Coach, the man was naked. Come on. He's cutting us and he's naked. So can you imagine now, right? I mean, it, that's just one of a thousand things that wouldn't fly. But you know what? It was our culture. It was built on being tough. It was built on execution. It was built on kids that were going to do the right thing, whether they were great play, they were going to go to class, they were going to treat women right, they were going to do all those kind of things. And you can catch this, the 100th episode of the Business and Beyond podcast, beginning Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. And to be clear, we interviewed Dan for that uh, podcast piece before IU's rough start to the Big Ten season. He's since been rather critical of Mike Woodson on social media. Well, espresso martinis and macadamia pancakes, they were all the rage last year. Looks like 2023 may be the year of the slushy, like those served up at the historic Highland Inn in Evansville. Coming up next, more on what Hoosiers are craving this year, including the taste of pickles. And paving a new outdoor path in Carmel, the IBJ with an update 
on the city's big greenway project along the White River and how it fits into Carmel's overall parks and trail strategy. Well, last year, Hoosiers dined on croffles, sipped espresso martinis, and brunched on macadamia pancakes. But what's new for the year ahead? What's new and hip? Well, Yelp's data science team reviewed reams of data to predict food and drink trends for 2023. And Yelp's director of community campaigns, Brittany Smith, joins me now from the Saint Shack in downtown Indy with more. Brittany, uh, welcome as always. Great to be here with you, Gary. Yeah, hey, give us the, the, the real uh, thumbnail sketch of the Saint Shack uh, in downtown Indy, what, what it's all about. Oh, you bet. So when you talk about slushies being one of our first trends of 2023, as we tap into the data to see what folks are reviewing, what are they yep. searching for, what's rising the most. And the Saint Shack here is known for their wall of slushies. I've got one here. So alcoholic, non-alcoholic, they have at least 10 different ones available anytime that you can check out and try. They're also known for their great hot dogs. Uh, I should point that out. And folks, um, it's boozy or non-alcohol that were really trending up 77% in review wow. searches. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, certainly the Saint Shack is not alone. If you go down to southwest Indiana, the, uh, the historic Highland Inn in Evansville, right? That's right. They've been around for more than 100 years, and they're known for their blue Hawaiian slushy that folks love to get. And they've got it in a non-alcohol op option as well. Okay. Now, this next trend, uh, I'm curious about pickle-flavored <laughs> products. Yeah, so if you want to get a taste of that, you can go to Grump Slice Stop in Sobro to get their hot chicken pickle pizza. Folks are loving it, so that's a good place to get a taste of it. Another way to, you know, inspire or infuse some pickles would be with the pickle mustard from local folks' foods out of Sheridan, Indiana. Folks were searching for pickle flavor foods up 55% last year, so we expect to see a lot more of those salty flavored pickled items in the year ahead. Wow, that's a great picture there. Um, <laughs> you also talk about a mocktail, so not alcoholic drinks. You mentioned that earlier, but that's really uh, trending and will be uh, trending in the year ahead. Yeah, definitely. Searches were up are 59%. And this goes well beyond, you know, dry January is going on right now. But a good example of that is you have distilleries like Three Rivers Distilling in Fort Wayne, making sure that their menu is offering a lot of non-alcoholic options so you can reach all audiences when you visit. Another great example is in Carmel, Lauren's AF beverages, which is a completely non-alcoholic uh, beverage shop. So you can find wine, spirits, the whole the whole gamut in their shop. Okay. Did you say dry January is, is upon us? No one gave me that memo, yeah, Brittany. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you missed out on that, Gary. We, that's right. We got the alcohol slushy here. <laughs> hey, how about uh, the last one we'll talk about? The trend is experiential dining. That's right. So when you talk about experiential dining, you can think of underwater restaurants, which exist, but not in Indiana. That one's up 263% in searches and then 109% for dinner theaters as folks are wanting to come back together and have really fun, um, not only the arts and food experiences. Great examples of that would be Das, uh, das Dutchman, Essen House in Middlebury or Connor Prairie's Hearthside Suppers and Fishers. They're so popular that they have a wait list right now through March. Folks are selling it out like crazy. And then Beef and Boards is another classic. They're actually celebrating 50 years this year and uh, you want to check out their schedule they've got some really great shows that are coming up looking as we wrap up Brittany uh, looking for a, a strong year this year when it comes to restaurants and and the venues that you cover around the state most definitely. A lot of folks are wanting to get back out and explore. They're, they're filling their evenings up more. We've kind of got all that pent-up energy from the last few years, and it's a great time to get out there and support those local businesses. All right. Some great trends for 2023. Brittany Smith from Yelp. As always, Britt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Gary. <laughs> great. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. We want to end the show this week where we started. Here's a look at downtown Sullivan. 
part of the Wabash Valley. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.